Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. To our beloved listeners, you are tuning to Youth Talk, exclusive to Radio Islam International. Before I even start with my show, I want to acknowledge the efforts of all the sound engineers at Radio Islam International. There are times when there are hiccups because of load shedding, which is obviously uh, a situation that happens that none of us can control. And each and every and sound engineer that I have worked with has made it so comfortable and so easy and tried to do their best to ensure the show always goes on. So I think all of us that are listening in today need to make dua for them and the dynamic and phenomenal team at Radio Islam International that tries to keep the ship afloat despite this hiccup that the entire South Africa is going through right now. So to my sound engineer for today, um, Brother Ziad, I appreciate what you do and to all the sound engineers and the entire team at Radio Islam International Jazakallah khairan for always doing such a phenomenal job you know we, we, we always sometimes tend to forget the, the unsung heroes, the people behind the scenes and if it isn't for them and their efforts we clearly would not be able to do what I'm doing right now so my heartfelt gratitude to you Brother Ziyad and to everybody who is there behind the scenes so today we're talking about part two of a high school principal's wish list. Last week, our show focused primarily on the metric results. And, you know, um, Principal Hava Bibi Munshi from Laneja Secondary spoke about the challenges faced by the class of 2022, um, despite load shedding, despite so many other hiccups, um, you know, post-COVID. The class of 2022 at her school, which is a government school, achieved an Excellent, 97%. If you know, she's going to correct me if I make a mistake. Um, pass rate, and that just shows whether you're a private school, government school, none of that matters. At the end of the day, what matters is the teamwork. When I say teamwork, the efforts of the entire teaching fraternity from grade R, from, from grade triple note, right up until matric, who add and contribute to the value of a student's life and their path of attaining education. The parents who sacrifice so much to give their child an opportunity to be educated. And obviously, let's not forget the students who strive to achieve the best. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all, all, all continued success in what you do. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Phenomenal woman and my dear friend, principal of Laneja Secondary School, Hava Bibi Munshi. Walaikum salam Bibi Aisha and Zakala for the opportunity again and assalamu alaikum to all the listeners. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and an absolute pleasure. Hava, I need to ask you something which I think every principal around South Africa is battling with and unfortunately it's circumstances beyond our control. How are you dealing with learners and staff members who are battling with load shedding? And remember, that's beyond our control. And obviously, the heat wave that we're experiencing in South Africa right now. We are saying we're so fortunate where we at. Um, we don't get as much load shedding as the other extension, but we still do get load shedding. In terms of the classroom, because we're not using a lot of technology in terms of teaching, all our classes don't have smart boards. So teaching and learning can still carry on with load shedding. 
with the heat. Yes, we do is we open the windows on both sides and we hope for good ventilation. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's <laughs> the best we can do. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And you know, unfortunately, when it comes to this heat, where you know sometimes parents can overlook it and think they in high school they must deal with it. These are still children, and they still need to be reminded: please drink water, please wear a, a sun hat, please put on sunblock if you can manage. Because I mean, the reality is they are still our children. You know, eating is very hot, and we are expecting parents to make sure that they're well hydrated. And so they come with water to school. They have water in their bags. They're drinking it all the time. They're topping it up um, because they need to stay hydrated. And it's difficult to you know keep them sustained in terms of their attention for the entire day. But we do the best that we can. We've got 40 minute periods, and we do have two breaks. And unfortunately for the grade 12, the school day is a lot longer. They finish up at 3 o'clock. There's a lot of pressure on them. But inshallah, uh, we're hoping that the heat will subside and it will become easier. Ameen, Tumma, Ameen, Yerabal Alameen, for everybody. Now, Hava, uh, you know, in my opening statement, I mentioned how well um, your matric class of 2022 performed. And that obviously is going to be putting pressure on the class of 2023. So what would you like to say before we carry on with today's show with regards to, you know, your wish list for the rest of the children in the high school? What would you like to say to the children that may have to... Um, repeat grade uh, 12 in a sense where they write their matric exams at other facilities because they may have not achieved the marks that they wanted or those who failed. What would you like to say to them? I think firstly for the learners that didn't meet the requirements, then you know, they shouldn't be so hard on themselves. Uh, being held back doesn't mean that you're stupid or you're bad student. It simply means that you didn't make, you know, reach the benchmark that you needed to uh, achieve the results in a particular subject. But there are opportunities to improve that. The Department of Basic Education is providing support to learners. I think in the first week in February, where learners can register, they're going to be you know, providing them with lessons. So these learners look at it as an opportunity to improve their marks, and they can still apply to university next year. Inshallah, I mean, I mean, and it doesn't always have to be university. It can also be there's so many other organizations and institutions. And like we said, for for if you look at the world today, entrepreneurship is the way to go. Absolutely, you know, um, if, it, it doesn't matter what they want to do, but if they need the matric certificate, like I said, they should stop being so yes. hard on themselves, and they need to change their mindset because if you want to write the matric exam again. If you're not going to get out of the mindset that I'm stupid or I've done, you know, I couldn't achieve, you're not going to do well in this exam. You're going to do even worse. So you need to change your mindset and use the challenge that you have, have as an opportunity to improve your results. Most definitely. May Allah grant them success in everything that they do, inshallah. What is your message to the class of 2023? Because now they're going to hear, you know, this class did so well last year. And, you know, natural instinct, we need to do better. What is your message to them? They're sitting there right now. It's January. I mean, what, week two into the school academic year? Yeah. You know, um, for them, I want to say they need to start using the academic muscle at the beginning of the year. Most importantly, <laughs> they need to plan and they need to organize. So you need to plan your day, you need to organize it, and you need to use your time effectively. Uh, there must be a balance. So a balance between school, family, go to gym or your time off. Um, you need to look at having, you know, a data bank of past papers that you're going to be working okay. through. Um, you, you, you need to make sure that every assessment that you do this year, you must treat it as your last assessment. So you work hard for it. Don't take it easy. 
Uh, the year mark is important for the grade 12, and so they need to know that they need to work consistently through the year. And, um, you know, you, they can do very well if they just focus and they put their minds to it. Inshallah, Amin, Amin, Rabbil Alameen. Now, there's something that we tend to forget. You know, we focus a lot when a child starts preschool. We focus a lot when a child starts, um, you know, um, is in matric. But we forget that another big milestone in any child's life is when the child leaves, you know, the, the comfort and the sanctuary of primary school and enters into high school. So, I mean, in grade seven, you are like the big fish, you know, in the, in, in, in the pond. But now you are going to be the small fry in the ocean so somewhat when they enter high school. And sadly, People forget that this is a huge transition because the children are entering, you know, this natural um, cycle of puberty, adolescence, where do I fit in? And they're starting a new phase in their schooling career. If you can just talk us through a little bit about that, please. The transition from primary to secondary school is very exciting for learners, but you're right, it's a new phase in their lives. Um, and, they, you know, parents need to recognize this. It also brings a lot of uncertainty because the kind of, you know, you're moving from a primary school to a high school or secondary school, a lot of things change. You come from being the oldest in a school to being the youngest in the school. Um, you deal with having seven educators or nine educators for the nine subjects that you're doing at school. Um, you've got to get used to a different style of teaching because when you come to secondary school, the way we teach is slightly different uh, to the way they might be doing it in the primary school. These learners have to deal with emotional details. So it really is a big adjustment. New teachers, new friends. Uh, I think the important thing is that they need to embrace the change, not lose focus. Um, you know, a lot of the time you come and you want to be part of the hip, hip group and uh, peer pressure is a very real thing. And uh, they just need to have their focus and parents need to stay involved. I think one of the biggest challenge I, challenges I pick up is that parents for some reason in, when the learners come into secondary school, they withdraw. And that is a challenge. Um, it could be pressure from the children telling them that, you know, I don't want you to come to school. It's embarrassing. But we need to be more involved than you ever were. And you shouldn't withdraw. That's important. Excellent. Uh, excellent points. I think the other thing that's also a big concern is I've noticed this when, you know, when I was uh, um, in the teaching fraternity, that children that used to excel in sport at primary school level, children who used to excel in public speaking and, and, and you know, basically other activities, once they come to high school, for some reason, they don't think it's cool anymore. And why do they do that? Because, you know, if you have this talent and now you're nurturing that talent on a higher level, that is what we're supposed to be doing and for some reason they just refuse to do public speaking anymore they don't want to participate in sport anymore any reason why this is going on is it because of peer pressure because uh, it, it wouldn't seem right because if you have this talent you know go all out you know peer pressure is a real thing in secondary school the other problem is also they come into a class and they don't know everybody so when you're in a primary school, you've been with these, your, your, your friends from grade one. And so you grow up together and you're confident and you, you don't mind talking in front of them or participating in sport. But when you come to secondary school, those friends are not with you anymore. They might have gone to other schools. You're in a class of, uh, you know, you might not know 30 of the learners out of a class of 40. And so to stand up in front of them might be a bit of you know, intimidating for you, or you might find it daunting. Um, you don't want to take part in sports because you're embarrassed. And so self-confidence also has a lot to do with it. 
but peer pressure is a, is a factor. And, and what is your advice to those children um, that, that are doing that? You know, what would you like to say to them and to their parents? You know, I want to tell parents that you need to support the learners. Um, you need to encourage them to participate. You need to see that when they come to, to the secondary school, have they made new friends? Are they confident? Has every personality changed? Have they become more strong? Are they sitting in their rooms? Identify if they might be a challenge and encourage them to continue participating and, you know, make them feel good about the achievements that they had up to grade seven and tell them that, you know, you carry on achieving. There might be somebody in your class that might do something a little better than you, but you could be better than another person. So you still try and you still persevere. Mm, mm. You know, there's also this thing that when, you, when you're you looking at top 10, so please, if you can just maybe, um, you know, explain to our listeners um, whose children are, you know, have started high school, children that are still coming to high school. Okay, so generally in a primary school, you probably would have three or four units uh, per grade, and then you would probably get your top 10 from, you know, all those children put together. Now we're looking at a high school setup where, like in your school, I would assume there would be up to eight or nine classes in grade eight alone? Okay, so in grade 8 we've got um, 7 units. We still do a top 10. So we do top 10 in, yes. across all the grades and then we give with honor learners in in terms of the marks that they've got in a particular subject, the highest that they've got. So um, we still do top 10 and uh, you now you just have another set of learners that you you, you, you sort of um, working against, not working against, but uh, yes. Yes. And, and now it's like on a large scale. I mean, how many how many grade eight units do you have currently? We've got seven, and we're sitting with two hundred eighty learners in grade eight. So, so think about this: a top ten from two hundred eighty learners. You know, it, 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 it's it's so <laughs> easy to be in the top ten. Really, I should tell you: if you work consistently and if you are focused, any learner can be in the top ten. Absolutely, absolutely. And these are just for the children who. Unfortunately, they would receive 90% and 80% and it would still think to themselves, I'm not good enough. And that is when, you know, you have these high achieving learners who are actually so difficult on themselves. But we're going to be talking more about that after the break. Please don't go away. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are back on to Youth Talk with me, Bibi Aisha Leher. And we are talking to Hava Munshi, who is the principal at Nature Secondary School. And our topic for today, a high school principal's wish list. So Hava, I need to ask you, when it comes to the learners that are now in grade nine and they're thinking about subject choices for grade 10 which can also be a very very daunting task it's also a new beginning because once again they are going to be put into classrooms with children that they may know as an acquaintance and now you are going to be with these children for the next three years of your life if you can just tell us a little bit more about that process and your experiences as a high school principal Baby, actually, I know choosing subjects is so important because subjects that you choose will determine your career path or what you want to do in the future. 
the first thing you need to look at is you need to look at your personality, you need to look at your abilities, you need to look at your values and needs, and you need to you need to link it to a career path. But you also need to look at the career path, and within the career path, there are many other careers that you can do. So, for example, if you are suited to doing something in the field of accounting, you can do business management, you can do human resource management, you can do transport management, there are many things you can do. But your subjects that you choose are important. What we've picked up or what I've picked up at secondary school is a lot of the time learners choose the subjects based on what parents are telling them to do. They choose a combination of subjects they're not able to cope with. So you need to look at what you're choosing. So I'll give you an example. If you choose uh, mm. mathematics with physical science and life sciences, you're taking application subjects together. But if you don't need the physical science, choose the mathematics with another subject so that you take pressure off yourself in grade 10, 11, and 12. For me, a good measure of how a learner will perform is look at their mark in grade 9. And let's say the mathematics mark is 60%, and they're not sitting at all at home to achieve that mark. If they want to maintain that 60% in grade 10, they're going to have to put an hour or two hours every day. If they want to achieve that mark in grade level 11, they must increase the amount of time they put in winter. And that goes with grade 12 also. So parents, you mm. can't let learners take subjects where they're struggling in five subjects. Because where are you going to, where are you going to spend your time? The common thing yes. parents come up with is, I'm going to send my child to tuition. And that is fine. But how many subjects are you going to send them for? And what are you going to be focusing on? And they take totally. away from the subjects that they're performing well in, put so much of focus on the subjects that they're underperforming in, that the one that you're doing well in starts suffering. Mm-hmm. That is so true because of that low self-esteem. And also, you know, um, Hava, what I'm very concerned about, and, you know, you mentioned this last week, and it's such a pertinent point that sometimes parents tend to overlook and learners themselves tend to overlook that some metric, maybe what you thought of your career path in grade nine, what you think you want to become or think you want to study later. And as the, you know, as the years go along, you realize, nope, I don't think this is going to be something that I'm going to enjoy. I think I would prefer to do something else. What happens then that maybe you chose subjects that uh, you were looking at maybe going into accounting, for example, or nursing, and then later you realize, no, I want to become an actuarial scientist or I want to go into commerce and your subject may not have what you chose initially. What happens then? Are you allowed to change subjects in grade 11? Uh, when you are in grade 10 and then maybe come half a year, you know, halfway through the year and you realize, uh-oh, um, this is not working for me. What happens then? Okay, so learners are allowed to change in grade 10, but obviously in school would be different. You know, you've got to see there's a space available for the learner to move to another course. So that could be one of the constraints that they have. When they get to grade 11, they're allowed to change two subjects. When they get to grade 12, they're allowed to change only one subject, but that would be under special circumstances. So the department doesn't uh, promote learners changing subjects because they tend to find one of the subjects that the learners tend to drop is mathematics, and they change the mathematics. So that is a huge challenge. But, you know, if we look at a combination of subjects that I would say like neutral so if you took mathematics and you took your English and your Afrikaans and you combined it, not necessarily with physical science, there are a lot of careers that you can follow out there. You need to look mm. at the university prospectus or go onto the university website and say, I want to study, for example, architecture. What are the subjects that I need? Or I want to study law. What are the subjects that I need? And if you don't need a particular subject, you don't need to take it. But if you've chosen a combination, you can always change. 
you know, in grade 11. And like I say, in grade 12, we're allowed to change only one subject, but that is under special circumstances. Now, how I need to ask you another very pertinent question this is coming to mind right now. I'm doing this spontaneously. So, at certain schools, you fortunately, alhamdulillah, you have many learners in your school. So, you have, you know, like, 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 uh, there would be, I'm assuming, a wide selection of subject choices. You know, you have your S courses and your G courses, um, if I do, I do stand to be corrected. But what happens to learners that attend very small schools where they don't have a large variety of, 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 of courses that are available to them? What is, what is your advice to them and to their parents? Look, if the school is not offering you a combination of subjects that you need for a career path that you need to follow, then you obviously look, need to look at moving the learner from one school to the other. But having said that, a school like my school, even though it's a big school, we only offer, you know, five different courses. And that is because mm. our constraint is we must have 40 learners to offer a course. So our constraints yes. are different. But if you looked at the private school, they might be able to offer a wider variety because they have the resources to offer additional courses. Hmm. 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 Most definitely. And I think the the worst thing that you can do is choosing a course what your friend is choosing because you want to be with your friend in that class. That is now really, really being very, very immature. Because when you are at school, yes, you have your friend circle and you will still socialize with your friends. And if your friend is genuinely true to you, you will still meet your friends during break time or after school. But you need to choose what is best for you. You know, this is one of the discussions we have with learners. So when they're in grade nine, we offer them advice on course selection. We call universities in. So they have an idea of, you know, I want to study this. These are the combination of subjects that I need. But you're right. A lot of the, the, the learners choose based on what their friends are taking. And your friend's abilities are not your abilities. So your friend might be able to mm. cope in a particular course and you might not necessarily be able to cope. And you can find situations where your friend moves along, moves ahead to the next grade, and you don't because you weren't able mm. to go. So you shouldn't be choosing on what your friends can do. You need to choose based on your abilities. 100%. Then is grade 11, and lots of times, you know, your dear students say, I used to say this myself, that I thought grade 11 was much more challenging than grade 12. Grade 12, you were basically chasing, you know, to work, to finish work in time. It was basically chasing the clock. But grade 11 was intense. Um, I'm hoping that it's not going to be like that for other children. Please, if you can elaborate further. Grade 11 is an extremely stressful year. So you've come through grade 10 and you got to grade 11. One of the first challenges they deal with is I'm not coping with this combination of subjects I need to change. So if you're changing subjects, you're picking up two subjects that you've never done before. So there's pressure on you. The second challenge we have is that learners, when they get into grade 11, is they need to understand that based on the results they get in grade 11, that on that mark, they're going to be applying to university. So there's a mm. lot of pressure on them to perform well. You know, for me, I always say that we must look at grade 11 as part of the grade 12 year. So grade 11 and 12, look at it as one year, 18 months with one year. You start your, 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 your planning, your organizing, using your time effectively, the balance that you have at the beginning of grade 11. Because if you do well, then you can apply for the career path that you want to follow. Um, you can determine the trajectory of your career path based on how you perform in grade 11. 
And the other thing is also that if your friends are all going to university and you have chosen a career path that needs to be at a college or, you know, something private, doesn't make you any less of a person. That's another thing. What will everyone think of me? They all want to become doctors and lawyers and I want to become a beautician. Um, So they're not going to be my friends anymore. They're going to look down on me. Or I want to be going to plumbing or woodwork, you know, something with my hands because I'm good at that. But they all want to be um, in the medical field. So they're not going to want to be my friend anymore because they think that they're going to be very rich and they're going to be successful and look what I'm doing. And we need to break those stereotypes. You know how you perform in grade 12 again, and I, I say this all the time, is not a measure for how successful you're going to be in life. So you can live yes. with great works, with grade 12, with seven distinctions, but that doesn't determine that you should be successful in your life. Similarly, you can get 40% in seven of your subjects, and you can be extremely successful. So I think we need to get out of that mindset, and I think you cover it well when you say that, you know, uh, uh, that belief that only the doctor is going to be successful. The plumbers are equally successful. The beauticians are equally successful. So there's a place for everybody out there. Absolutely. And success is not just measured by monetary wealth. Success is measured by commitment, by dedication, by your people skills. Now, there is something else which I think, you know, people tend to forget that in high school, I think it's life orientation, that's what it's called, that it's become compulsory because you could be the most successful doctor uh, making loads of money, driving fancy cars, or you could be the most successful whatever career path you choose. That depends how you measure success. But if you lack people skills, if you don't have compassion, if you don't have good customer service, if you don't know how to speak to people with respect, you are not going to be successful because nobody's going to want to come to you. So we, I think we, we forget those soft skills, which are so important in every aspect of our lives. If you could just um, talk a little bit about that. Life orientation as a subject is extremely important. And this is something else that learners on parents uh, need to understand that, you know, the learners write an exam in grade 12 and the, the mark that they get for life orientation goes towards a JPS score when the learners apply to university. But in life orientation, you're right, mm-hmm. you're learning a lot of other skills, you know, how to speak, speak to people, um, um, how to carry yourself uh, in certain situations and that. And a lot of the times learners don't take life orientation seriously. But it's so important. I think for me, it's one of the most important subjects that they use at school because it's important, you know, uh, what's going to happen in your life when you're out of school, how you're going to be interacting with other people and how successful you're going to be in terms of your personality and uh, whether you'll be successful in your career because of how you interact with others, others. Most definitely. And, and, and will you be successful as a human being? Because like we say, it's these soft skills, you know, character building, integrity, compassion, honesty, uh, your manners. Like you say, your manners define you. So I think it's also very important, you know, how you can just stress on this, the, the next point that I'm going to make with our listeners globally um, and locally, that we, we focus so much on academics, maths and science, maths and science, technology. Yes, there's a place for all of that. Um, English, yes, there's a place for all of that. But what's the point of having so many distinctions, but you're not a kind person. What's the point of being somebody who is an academic, you know, brilliant person academically, but you lack compassion and empathy? One of the most important, uh, I, I think, character traits that people need to have is manners. Um, how you treat yeah. people, 
will always count. And that should be number one. That's something that we should be teaching everybody, that manners are important and they always count. How you treat people, and it doesn't matter who they are and what age they are. It's a reflection of who you are, um, what you've been taught from home. And a lot of what we learn comes from the home, what parents teach us, how you treat people, how you treat your educators, how you treat the general system that is at the school. Because everybody yeah. should be respected. It doesn't matter what position they hold. Now, I need to, I, 100%. And that's what we forget. And then also, life skills and life orientation is not taught from grade one only at schools. It comes from home. And I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, yesterday, unfortunately, I, I witnessed something very, very disturbing. And you know me, I, I had to put in my two cents because I would not stand for something like that. So I was in one of the shopping centers here in Port Elizabeth. And there, there's a lady that, you know, um, that she's, she's amazingly, she's so pleasant. I actually go look for her when I go to this particular mall. And, you know, um, she's, she her job, which she does with such a smile and with such um, passion, she basically looks after the bathrooms at the mall. And um, there was another lady of the same race um, that entered the bathroom and, you know, was extremely rude and dropped something on, on the floor. And this lady politely asked her, she said, ma'am, please don't do this. And this, this woman must have been in her 20s. The lady that works at the mall must be at least in her 50s. And that lady turns around and looks at her and she says, what is your problem? You are the maid. This is what you're getting paid to do. I, I had to intervene and tell her, excuse me, that woman could be your mother. That woman could be your mother. Who do you think you are to speak to her like that? So that again is something that comes from home. That a person that is cleaning your home, cleaning a mall, cleaning any public place, that is their profession, that is what they're doing, that is their skill. And this woman was happy doing what she's doing. Who are we to look down on her? She's happy doing what she's doing. At least she's not stealing, she's not begging. And the disrespect from a woman of the same race on her, where does it all come from? You know, a lot of what we learn comes from our homes. So it starts with how we treat our helpers in the home, uh, the respect that we talk to them with, uh, do we shout at them, do we scream at them, because everybody's doing a job and they need to be respected for it. So whether it's your helper, whether it's the general assistant at school, whether it's the security guard at the school gate, whether it's the educator, whether it's the principal, there shouldn't be a level of respect for a position that you hold. Respect yes. is universal to everybody, notwithstanding any position that you hold. 100%, 100%. So now, Hava Munshi, I am going to give you the platform. Please share with our listeners, young and old, what is on your wish list for 2023? And I'm very, very certain that every principal that is listening in today shares your sentiments. Go ahead. I think firstly, I want to talk to the learners out there. And, you know, there's something that I came across that I think is very important. And number one on that list is manners will always count, and so they need to use them. You won't be everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay. Uh, complaining every day is a waste of time. Sometimes you just have to get over it and do what you need to do. Kindness is always the answer. And you don't need to figure everything out now. It's okay if it takes you longer to figure it out. How to manage your emotions is not something you learn overnight. It will take practice, but you'll get there. Forge your own path. Sometimes you're alone on that road, but you need to walk down that road. You are what you allow in your life. So you need to be strong. And the most important thing is you need to learn your learn to love yourself first. You'll always pass failure on your way to success. You need to learn from it and you need to stay humble. And no matter what life throws at you, 
there's always somebody out there that you can lean on. Your parents, your siblings, your family members, your friends, your teachers, your principal. There's always somebody out there that can assist you. And I think if you have these things in your toolbox as a teenager, you'll always be successful in your life. Um, for the educators, um, I have a first, I, you know, my personal belief is always that you're a champion of these learners. Um, you are in the corner. If you nurture them, you encourage them, if you build their self-confidence, they'll go out there and they'll become successful adults and you would have had a part to play. And it's so important that you do that because the future of the world is in your classroom and you need to be looking after these learners and nurturing them. They are the future. Definitely. And to the parents that are listening in today, you know, there are parents, some of them that are still having difficulty placing their learners. Unfortunately, um, you know, there is that online registration system, um, still that is in Gauteng. And also, you know, they, people that are probably have children in grade seven and they're thinking, which high school do I put my child in? What is the criteria? I mean, you are a mother as well. What is the criteria that parents should consider when choosing a high school for their child? You know, as parents, we all want the best for our children. So we're looking for the best secondary school for our, our children. But the, the constraints I think parents have is the policies that are in place. So for example, the department works on what is called a feeder zone. So if you don't live in the feeder zone of the school, it's very difficult for you to get your child into the school. And the reason for that is that they don't want children to be using transport to get to school. Children should live within walking yes. distance of school so that they're not late to school. I think those are one of the constraints that they have. Like I say, every parent wants the best for their child. And they want their child to be in the best school. But every school is a good school. All teachers are excellent educators. You need to give them a chance. There isn't one school better than the other. Every school is a good school. If you as a parent do what you're supposed to do, you support your child, you nurture them, um, you provide a nurturing environment for them, you stay abreast of what's happening in your child's life in a secondary school, they have to achieve success. It doesn't matter which school you put them in. Most definitely. Now, however, we need to realize that we're dealing, aside from the academics and aside from the children being in a high school and getting their education and passing with matric, we are also dealing with puberty. And with puberty comes so much. There's raging hormones, there's peer pressure, there's where do I fit in? It's the social circle, choosing friends. So these teenagers are going through all of these things which are completely natural and they have, you know, they need to perform academically. There's, there's so much going on in their lives and then there are things that go on in their lives that are completely out of their control. It's life-altering. It could be a divorce, you know, between their parents. It could be death of a, a parent. It could be relocation. It could be um, a sickness, a life-threatening sickness. Um, life happens. What do you want to say to them? In children, um, you know, they, they, they confront with so many things that happen in their life. So when you come to secondary school, like you say, you know, there are physical changes that are taking place, there are psychological changes that are taking place. And, you know, it comes with being an adolescent. When you're now coming to a new school, a new environment, and you've got to adapt, then you've got to deal with family issues. And our learners deal with a lot. Poverty, uh, family factors. Some of them have left the lack of access to technology, there's abuse, there's bullying, there's peer pressure, there's drugs, there's cyberbullying. 
But as a parent, you need to stay involved. You need to know what is happening in your child's life. You need to know who are they walking home with. Um, why are they late coming home from school? What is happening in school? Why is their performance dropping? Get in touch with the school. Get in touch with uh, the educators and find out what is happening. Don't withdraw. It is so important that you stay involved in your child's life when they're in secondary school. That will determine how successful they're going to be. So stay involved. Um, you know, something that parents that I find at secondary school is a huge challenge. Um, parents tend to keep learners at home. Don't let them stay at home. Mm. Send them to school. Discipline is important. How they behave, how they talk to the educators is important because it's a reflection of what is happening in the home. Don't learn during school time. You know, uh, a lot of the times if you have a long weekend, parents, you know, two Thursday, Friday, long weekend, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they book and then they go on away for the week. The message you're giving your child is that the holiday is more important than school. You model behavior and your actions are a reflection of what your child is going to continue with. So you need to be modeling the right behavior to them. Most definitely. And I think it's also a very important message to tell parents that if something is going on in your life at home, don't think that, oh, he's 17 or she's 16, she can deal with it. If there's something going on in your marriage, if there's something going on in, you know, the changes in your financial situation, don't feel embarrassed. Come to the principal. Obviously, it's going to be total confidence, but let the principal know so the principal can discuss it with the relevant HOD. Because if your child is going to have difficulty in school, you know, their child may be looked upon as a bully or the child is being difficult or aggressive, but the child, ultimately, it's still a child. The, 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 your child is in high school, but up until the age of eight it's still a child and this child is probably just acting up so often parents are feel shy when there's a change in their financial status and whatever happens and they try to avoid the school don't do that be open about it so the teachers teachers are ultimately you know your child's parents in absentia and in some cases let's be honest the teacher is the child's parent or the child's constant so they need to be aware of these changes how please i don't think we can stress enough on that we got like less than a minute for you to just you know um re-emphasize what i've just said i think it's so important you know parents get in touch with the school get in touch with the class educator tell them what is happening at my school we offer counseling and i'm sure they do that at most of the schools they still don't need to go for counseling there's absolutely nothing wrong sometimes they just need a, a, a strange person that doesn't know them that will just listen to them and listen to all the issues that they're dealing with um children need to know that making mistakes are okay imperfections are okay normal. and failure is a step on a path to success support them nurture them encourage them and uh, the world is their oyster and it doesn't matter how they are they can always turn around Absolutely. Hava, Munshi, to you and to every educator at your school and to teachers around the world, may the Almighty bless you in abundance. Just remember, you didn't choose that child from a class list, from a primary school, from the district or the department. The Almighty Allah put that child on your path. You are responsible for that child, and that child is an amana. Look after the child in your class, in your school, as if he or she was your own. May the Almighty increase the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of everybody. And may we make this world a better place. On behalf of myself, Bibi Aisha Lahir, my sound engineer, Ziyad, and everybody here at Radio Islam International, we wish you a beautiful week ahead. Kindly remember us in your duas as we remember you. Until we speak again, Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.